That was wonderful. I was putting my mic on and I got a little cheeky sing without my mask, so it was nice. <laughs> um, uh, let's um, open up our Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Um, Proverbs chapter 8. Let me just read the first three verses in Proverbs chapter 8 to us. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. The thought there that the writer is giving to us is this picture of wisdom, that wisdom she always shouts. Wisdom never whispers. Wisdom is not quiet. Wisdom always shouts. I don't know if you've ever had a friend or family member or someone who has struggled with addiction before in your life. Maybe drug addiction or alcohol addiction or something like that. And as you look at those who who struggle with that addiction, sometimes people will say about them that they are ultimately foolish, that they are not smart. And in some ways you could say, okay, if they have committed this act, if they have um, got into this act of drugs or alcohol and addicted that way, in some way you could say maybe the first step of that is indeed foolish. But one thing that I will not have is that they are not smart. Because the friends that I have, especially those who are addicted to drugs, actually they're some of the smartest people I know. It takes a lot of energy, time, and effort to get the money you need to get to the people that you know in order to get and feed that habit. So actually, the the pathway of foolishness actually takes a lot of effort. But the pathway of wisdom, in some ways, that shouts to us again and again and again. That pathway of wisdom isn't always actually that hard. And we think the pathway of foolishness is easy and the pathway of wisdom is hard, but actually Proverbs seems to flip it the other way around. The pathway of foolishness, Proverbs would describe it like this. First you have to go down to the dark place, the dark corner where the woman is. Then the woman has to come and entice you. Then you have to listen to her enticements and then finally you have to sin, which finally leads to death. That's the pathway of foolishness that Proverbs describes. James describes the pathway of foolishness in this way. He says, but each one is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then when desire has conceived and gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And that's the pathway of foolishness. First, you have a desire that's in your heart. Right? You have that desire. Then you are tempted. You still have a choice at that point. And then when you are tempted, then you are led to sin. And then when you sin, it leads to death. That is the pathway of foolishness. You see, often we think that sin just happens to us. I I sinned because that just happened to me. That just came upon me. No, 
for, for us to walk down the pathway of foolishness, we are making decision after decision after decision. Our sin is our choice. It doesn't just happen to us. We choose to commit sin. The pathway of, of foolishness sometimes takes a lot of decisions, time, energy, and effort. But the pathway of wisdom, that is available for everybody, especially the Christian. When you look at the difference between the adulterous woman and the wise woman as portrayed in Proverbs, the adulterous woman, she is sneaky and conniving and tries to get you and entice you. The wise woman, she shouts in the streets. She's right there for you. And this is what it says in the first three verses. Does wisdom call? Yes. Does not understanding raise her voice? Yes. If you go to the heights, guess what you will hear? You will hear wisdom. If you go on the crossroads, guess what you will hear? You will hear wisdom. If you go beside the gates, guess what you will hear? You will hear wisdom. And wisdom isn't whispering. It says she cries aloud. And if you think you've heard that before, well, you actually have. In chapter 1, verse 20, it says this of wisdom. Wisdom cries aloud in the streets. In the marketplaces, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. So if you go to the streets, guess what? Wisdom is there. Wisdom is kind of like this annoying stalker for Christians. Everywhere you walk, she's there. You go down the streets, wisdom is calling out to you. You go in the markets, wisdom, she's shouting out to you. You go in the noisy streets, the noisy streets. Guess what? She's that annoying. She can shout over the noise in the streets. Wisdom is there for every Christian to have. It's fully accessible for us. Except for some foolish reason. Isn't this true? I keep following the path of foolishness. I noticed that week in my own life. I'm not sure about you. I had a choice of two paths. And I chose foolishness. And wisdom is shouting and shouting and shouting. And I say, no, no. I don't need to hear from you. And I wonder why I do that. Why if wisdom is shouting into my life, giving me direction, that's what wisdom does, it gives you direction and guidance for your life. Why if wisdom shouts all that way, why don't I listen? You know, have you ever committed a sin and said, why on earth did I do that? I knew where I was leading, I knew the path, I knew the pathway for it, and I just didn't listen to wisdom. Why did I go down that direction again? And I think this passage gives us reasons for why we don't go down that direction. The first reason is this. We forget the value of wisdom. We forget that wisdom is precious and valuable. Look at what it says to us in verse 4. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. 
They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire cannot compare with her. Wisdom is better than jewels. And everything that you desire... Think about the things you desire. What do you want right now? I want a holiday. Go out into the sun. What do you want right now? I want a house with a pool. What do you want right now? I want money. What do you want right now? I want a new job. What do you desire right now? I desire love. Wisdom is saying, I'm better than all of that. Every single desire that you might have right now in your heart, wisdom is saying, I'm better than it. I'm better than it. And you might have heard this before. You say, I've heard this before. Wisdom is better than, than silver, than gold. Wisdom is better than jewels. Like this is just a repetition of what we have always heard. Except for one thing. The speaker has changed. We have heard ten speeches from a father to a son. And the father has been giving out these speeches, sitting down the son and saying, here's what you need to do. We've, we've looked at those speeches, the come with us speech, the devotion speech, all of these speeches, you know, the ones that have rehearsed again and again and you don't really listen. I just talk fast and say, these are the speeches I've done. We did ten of those. But then what happens is this. The father steps back and he gives the mic to wisdom and it's time for wisdom to speak. And wisdom stands up and says, everything that he's been saying about me, it's true. I am valuable. And the reason you don't pursue me when I shout to you is because you've forgotten just how valuable I am. Wisdom is saying, I'm better than everything, everything that you desire in your life. Everything. And wisdom starts this speech in the same way that wisdom finishes this speech. And it's the same way that the father finished his speeches. Look at the end of the speech. It says this in verse 32. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear my instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me watching daily at my gates, waiting beside my doors for whoever finds me. Listen to this. Whoever finds me, finds life and obtains favor with the Lord. But he who fails to find me, injures himself. And all who hate me, love death. What is wisdom saying? I am valuable to you. I am better than silver and gold. I'm valuable to you. I was thinking about that, that this week. You know, I, I, I was looking at RT News and they were saying, you know, the Euro Millions ticket was won. Guess where it was won? In Ireland. It was purchased in Ireland. 30 million euro. And for some reason it was bought in, the, in County Clare. 30 million euro. Someone's just got the Euro Millions ticket there. Now imagine you were going for a walk in County Clare and you saw this bit of paper floating around and you looked at the bit of paper and that was the 30 million euro ticket. If you knew that was the ticket, would you walk past it? Would you walk past it? There's no way any of you would walk past that ticket. I can guarantee you, I wouldn't. I know I'm supposed to be all holy and not desire money or whatever, but if there's a 30 million euro ticket, I'm picking it up. 
I'm picking it up. Wisdom saying, I'm not lying in the streets. I'm shouting in the streets and you don't listen to me. I'm shouting in the streets and you walk past me. I'm not a ticket just floating around. I'm way more precious than that, way more valuable than that. And you still don't listen. And then at the end of the speech, the wisdom actually says this. This is why it's so important. If you don't listen to me, it is a matter of life and death. That's what wisdom says in verse 35. For whoever finds me, finds life. And if you don't find me, then you obviously love death. Finding wisdom is a matter of life and death. And all of us should know the value of the wisdom of God. Because ultimately the wisdom of God in Proverbs points us to the wisdom of God that has become flesh in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the personification of the wisdom of God. Proverbs poetically talks about the wisdom of God as a woman. But Proverbs poetically points forward to the wisdom of God as the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. In Colossians, Paul says this, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are all the treasures. In Him, He has come. And He hasn't come whispering. He has come preaching in the streets. For everyone who would listen, for everyone who would come, He is indeed the wisdom of God. Do you remember the very first words in this book of Proverbs? Do you know what the very first words in the book of Proverbs were? They were these. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. That's the first words in the book. The Proverbs of Solomon. But guess what Jesus said in Luke 11? Jesus said in Luke 11, One greater than Solomon is here. Why? Because Solomon was one of the wisest kings on this planet, and yet one greater than Solomon is here. And he speaks out wisdom to us. Yet often what we do is we walk past. We don't hear Him. We don't listen to Him. We walk past Him. And it is, believe me, what you do with Jesus Christ in your life is a matter of life and death. John would say this, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. If you believe in the Son, you have life. If you do not believe in the Son, you do not have life and the wrath of God remains upon you. This is a matter of life and death. It is a very simple but yet profound choice. Do you have eternal life or do you have the wrath of God? Will you listen today to the wisdom of God? And yet even as Christians, we fail to remember the value of the Lord Jesus Christ and His teaching to us. And I would encourage you, each day do not forget how valuable the wisdom of God is. The wisdom of God shouts, yet we don't listen because we forget the value 
of the wisdom. We also don't listen because we forget the power of the wisdom. Look at verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance in the way of evil, and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight and I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles all who govern just, justly. I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently, they'll find me. Riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. There is much said in that section. We do hear the value of wisdom again, don't we? I'm better than gold. I'm better than choice silver. If you have me, your treasuries will be full. If you love me, you will gain much wealth and value. And yet what I want to focus on is the power of wisdom. Look at what it says in verse 14. I have counsel and I have sound wisdom and I have insight and I have strength. Another way you can translate that word strength is power. I have power. Not only do I give you guidance in this world, not only do I lead you with a guidance in this world and give you direction in this world and show you how to live this world with skill, but I give you the power to, to do that. Sometimes as Christians, we need to make difficult decisions and we need to make a stand. Well, wisdom not only gives us direction, but wisdom also, the wisdom of God also gives us strength. You see, God just doesn't give us commands and instructions of how to live our lives, but God also empowers us to live our lives. That's the great thing about God. It's the great thing about God. Can you imagine if I was to say to one of my children, you know, um, say, say Dahlia right now, sorry to use Dahlia, but you're okay, are you? Say, Dahlia, right now, if I was to say to Dahlia, Dahlia, look, we need, we, need some, we need some food right now, and I can't drive. Dahlia, I want you to get the keys. I want you to, Dahlia's six, okay? So, Dahlia, I want you to get the keys, get out of the house, drive, go and get us food, go to Aldi, fill up the bags, get in, bring it back for our dinner, and come and we'll have dinner. And she says, but Daddy, I, I can't drive. Daddy, I don't have any money. Daddy, I just can't do it. Can you imagine if I said to her, what kind of daughter are you? Didn't I ask you to do that? Why couldn't, why couldn't you do that? That would be a mean thing to do, wouldn't it? See, sometimes we think that God the Father is asking us to do impossible things. He will never ask us to do something that He does not enable us to do. He is a loving Father. He is not an evil Father. 
And so if He gives us wisdom and direction for our lives, He will enable us by the power of the Holy Spirit to live in that wisdom and direction of our lives. There is power in the wisdom of God. And that power is also able to instruct the most powerful people on this planet. The kings, verse 15, by, by me kings reign and, and rulers decree and princes rule and nobles rule. By me, wisdom is saying, I can even instruct the most powerful people on this planet. And what we think about powerful people is this. Powerful people, when they get in a position of power, we think they don't need any more wisdom. They've got it all. But wisdom is saying, I'm so powerful, I can even instruct the most powerful people on this planet. Now, the powerful people on this planet right now are not the kings and nobles and princes. Right now, the kings and nobles and princes, they just smile for photos and do all that. The most powerful people on our planet right now are actually probably some of the most richest people on our planet. The billionaires. We were all getting poorer during COVID. They were all getting richer during COVID. These billionaires. And and what are they doing? They're doing their, their space race right now, aren't they? You know, Richard Branson doing his space race and, and Jeff Bezos doing his space race and Elon Musk doing his space race. And it's funny if you're watching them, they're, they're measuring each other's heights. So like Virgin got this far and, and Jeff Bezos says that we got this far and then Elon Musk says, you didn't really go into space anyway, we got this far. Like there's kind of this line that they're measuring themselves by and it's, it's like this billionaire kind of um, dogfight, you know. These guys think they, they stand there with all this power and all this wisdom and all this knowledge. And sometimes you look at them and you say, who can teach Elon Musk anything? Surely he's wise. Surely he's got all the wisdom that he needs. Surely he's made it. Surely he's got there. And wisdom is saying, I can even teach the most powerful people in this world. I can give them wisdom. But what will stop them from listening to wisdom? Guess what? Pride. I don't need you. I don't need God. I have all the power I need. Pride. It is pride that stops us from listening to wisdom. Look at verse 13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. There's power in wisdom, but one of the things that will stop us from listening to the power of that wisdom is our own pride. Who of us here is not prideful? Have you ever thought to yourself, you know, you're trying to make an important decision and you've thought to yourself, you know, I could ask that person, but if I ask them, they'll probably not tell me what I want to hear. So I won't ask them. What's that? It's pride. And, and, and if wisdom shouts to us, as Christians, there are ways in which wisdom shouts to us. We talked about this before, and I want to point them out to you again, these ways that wisdom shouts. I mean, the question is, if wisdom is shouting in the streets, Shane, if wisdom is stalking me, Shane, if wisdom is always there, Shane, if wisdom is easily accessible, then where is it when I'm trying to make these big decisions in my life? Where on earth is the wisdom I need? I've told you the first one, we, we find when you are making a big decision, let's say you have a big decision in your life right now. Or think of the last big decision you made in your life. What was the last big decision you made in your life? Did you listen to the wisdom of God? Or did you go on your feelings? I'm going to go on my gut. 
and I'm going to call it the Holy Spirit. I'm going to go at my feelings. But the wisdom of God shouts at us in many ways. The first way the wisdom of God shouts to us is in Christ. So we've got to ask ourselves before we make those big decisions in our lives, would this decision be honoring to Christ? That would be a wise step. The second thing we need to ask is this as we're making this big decision. Have I, have I looked at the Word of God? The Word of God gives us wisdom. Proverbs is a whole book of wisdom. Does my decision line up with the Word of God? The third thing we could do when we're making that big decision is pray. So I'm saying, is this honoring to Christ? Is this in keeping with His Word? Am I praying about this decision? Is the Lord leading me? Is the Lord guiding me? And the fourth thing we could do is go to the people of God. Go to the people of God. When I'm making a decision, sometimes I think we're so independent in this world. So self-sufficient in this world. Christians, I've said this before, Christians believe a mad thing. We actually believe an insane thing. And the thing that we believe is this. That once we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and have trusted Him for salvation, we actually believe that the Holy Spirit dwells within us. That's a pretty crazy thing. If you're going to go and tell your friends at work that the Holy Spirit dwells in me, they're going to think you're pretty mad. But we actually believe that, that the Holy Spirit dwells within me. So then if I believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in me, shouldn't I also believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in my brothers and sisters? Shouldn't I also believe that the Holy Spirit might lead them and guide them to give me wise counsel and give me wise input as I seek to make this decision? Shouldn't I, wouldn't it be prideful of me to say, I'm not going to talk with any of them. I'm not going to pray with any of them. What do they know? And besides, if I ask them, they'll probably tell me what I don't want to hear. So I'm just going to drive on anyway. Instead of doing all that, you know what we go with? I think I'll just go on my feelings. I'll go on my gut. I won't go at Christ. I won't go at this word. I might pray just before bed, but I definitely won't go to God's people. But God's wisdom is shouting to us in all these ways. It is powerful and has power to speak in our lives. And verse 17 says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently, they will find me. If you've got a decision in your life saying this, I don't have a clue what to do here right now. Wisdom says, if you diligently seek me, you will find me. I love those who love me. God is not stingy. We think God's stingy. We think He's hiding His will from us. And we have to like, like find out a Bible code to get through His will. And we have to be in a certain place at a certain time. And we have to ask Him to do tricks in order to find His will for us. Give me this sign or give me that sign. No, He's, he's shouting at us. Through His Word, through Christ, through prayer and through His people. Problem is we don't listen. We don't listen to wisdom because we forget its value, we forget its power, and we also forget, we also forget wisdom's experience. Wisdom's experience. Look at verse 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His work. 
the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, I was there. Before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its field or the first of the dust of the world. Before all this, wisdom is saying, I was there. In other words, what wisdom is saying is, I have experience. And the moment you have experienced something is the moment you have wisdom on that thing. You know, we have, we have many little toddlers and kids and babies in this room right now making noise and I love it. I love it. And the moment these parents had these children is the moment these parents had experience in having children and have wisdom to give. And there's this thing that kind of happens to these parents, you know, they, they have a baby, they're struggling with their sleep, and then they find out someone else is about to have a baby, their first baby. And they think to themselves, well, that's wonderful. I'm delighted for them. But they also have a little wry smile on their face because they know this is going to be difficult for them. That person doesn't have a clue what's coming their way. They haven't experienced what we've experienced. The moment you experience something is the moment you have wisdom for that thing. Wisdom to give to other parents once you've been a parent. Wisdom to work in a job once you've worked in that job. If you've been there before, you have the experience to give wisdom. Here's what wisdom is saying. I've been there before. Did you notice the word before? Before the mountains had been shaped, I was there. Before the hills, I was there. Before the earth was made, I was there. I was there before it all. Before it all. What is there? Like in our galaxy, the Milky Way, they say there's about a hundred billion stars. Probably more, I'm giving you the conservative number. A hundred billion stars in just our galaxy. A hundred billion. That's insane. And then they reckon there's probably about 200 billion galaxies. So in our galaxy, there's a hundred billion stars. And our planet is this tiny little, little planet inside that galaxy of a hundred billion stars. And then there's 200 billion galaxies. How many stars are there? And our God says, I know each one by name. And us people, we think we're big. Wisdom saying, I was there before at all. And you're going to go with your feelings? I was there before at all, and you're going to go with your feelings on this decision. I was there before at all, and he says, I was there during it all. Verse 28. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he made the firm skies above. When he established the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit. So that the waters might not transgress his commands. When he marked out the foundations of the world. I was there before it all and I was there during it all. I was there when he marked it out. I was there when he established it. I was there when he encircled it. I was there during it all. And you want to go at your feelings? I was there before creation. I was there during creation. And he says, I was there after creation. She says, verse 30. 
Then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the children of man. I was there before the creation of the world, I was there during the creation of the world, and I was there after the creation of the world. Bringing what? Joy. That's what wisdom does. It brings perfect order and joy into your life. Why would you not listen to the wisdom of God when it is shouting at you? Why would you ignore the wisdom of God in all the important decisions of your life? This wisdom doesn't directly speak about Jesus. Here you don't, you don't substitute these words for Jesus. Do you know why? Because uh, years ago I got a knock on the door. And I got a knock on the door and there are these, these friends, you know, the friends, the Jehovah's Witnesses coming to the door. And, and they asked me, is it okay if we talk? Guess what my answer? Yes, I would love to talk with you. And so we have a chat. And they have their translation, you know, the, the, the Jehovah's Witness translation. And it, it's completely messed up translation. They change words, all of that stuff. They don't even name the translation committee on it. And one of their key passages that they point to is Proverbs chapter 8. And what they want to say about Jesus is Jesus is a created being. Jesus is not God. Jesus is a created being. That's what they want to argue. And they argue it from Proverbs chapter 8. But that is a misreading of Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8 isn't directly talking about Jesus. It's not. But it is poetically pointing forward to Jesus. Why? Because you look at it and you you say it's poetry. It's clearly poetry. Why? Because wisdom is a woman. And all of us know wisdom's not actually a woman. Why would he be calling wisdom poetically a woman? Because he's talking to his son. And he's saying to his son, Son, do you want a beautiful woman? Do you want a beautiful woman? It's wisdom. So he's making a poetic point. And this poetic point points forward to Jesus. It's not talking directly about Jesus. And so as we read this, we do think of him. And it does point forward to him because he was there. He was there before it all, the creation of the world. He's the firstborn of all of creation. All things were made by him and for him and through him. He is the head of all things. He is the greatest in all of creation. He is above all creation. All things were made by him. He is not a created being. They were made by Him. They were made for Him and through Him. And what that means for us is if we are created beings, we were made by Him. And what were we made? We were made for Him. And when we live our life for Him, guess what happens to us? We too have a life of joy. Wisdom says, I was with the people and there was rejoicing. In Christ, there is much, much joy for us. Last weekend, I thought about it. You know, we kind of had the baptisms. And what's funny is you can have the baptism was one Sunday and you can kind of carry on with the next Sunday and, and forget about what a massive thing has just taken place. What God has actually done in this 
in this young church that's really only, only just started and what God has done in the, in the lives of these people. We forget. There's much joy in what Christ is doing. And He leads us and guides us in His wisdom. And somehow we walk along the streets and He shouts and He says, Live for me. Trust in me. Repent of your sin. Depend on me. I'm here for you. And we walk past Him and say, I'll be grand. I'm fine. I've got this. He says, I was there before the whole world was created. You say, no, I'm grand. I'll go on my feelings. I'm fine. I was there when it was all created. No, I'm fine. I'm grand. No, we must listen to the wisdom of God. For it is more precious. He is more precious. He is more precious than anything. Anything. I promise you, than anything you could desire in this world. It's more precious. Why would you walk away from Him? Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for Your Word. And we thank You that there is power and value in Your wisdom. And Lord, I pray that we would not neglect Your wisdom in the decisions of our lives. Help us, Lord, live for You. Help us consider you in all the decisions we make. There is so much in our lives where we say, we don't have a clue. I pray, Lord, you'd help us to tap into the wisdom that you have given us in life. In your precious name, we pray all these things for the glory of your name. Amen. We're going to sing in response, Christ, our hope in life and death will stand and we'll sing that together with our mass song.